This is your Planet News Briefing. I'm John Chu. And I'm Ralph Forgen. Our main story coming up is about Thanksgiving and the climate crisis. We look at the impact of the U.S. holiday of Thanksgiving and the impact on our planet. But first, your Planet News headlines. In politics this week, Peter Walker from The Guardian reports that this election is the last chance to stop climate change. In the UK, Green Party leaders have launched a warning that this could be the last general election where voters can vote for members of parliament with a realistic chance of stopping runaway climate change. Their leader, Jonathan Bartley, said that the New Deal will decarbonize every sector of the economy by 2030, which is much better than the 2050 net zero uh, target by the Conservatives and 2045 target by the Liberal Democrats. The The Green New Deal will seek to deliver on the 2030 target by reshaping the economy around industries such as sustainable energy. Uh, they hope that their distinct offering will cut through amid signs the party could, as in the 2017 election, become marginalized during the tough labor conservative battle. They're only polling at about 3% at the moment, though. In business news this week, Secretive Startup, backed by Bill Gates, makes energy breakthrough. Essentially what the company does is take sunlight directed by hundreds of mirrors and direct it towards a single point. What happens then at this point is temperatures reach up to a thousand degrees Celsius. Now why this is so important is because this is used for industrial material creation such as steel, cement, glass, and it's much more efficient in this scenario than capturing it from solar panels and then creating, you know, directing that energy into heat to further create these materials. In tech news this week, Technology Networks reports how machine learning and AI can help fight against climate change. Let's examine two ways in which many of these companies will do it. One is better predictions and estimates. So AI and deep learning can be a good fit for data-rich climate science projects that typically provide data sets of necessary depth and variety. The resulting models can, for example, evaluate energy consumption levels in buildings and electric vehicles more accurately, making it easier to discover trends and predict future consumption. Another way is improved tracking and monitoring through computer vision technologies. Potential ranges of application can be anywhere from monitoring the scale of deforestation to generating the size and location data for solar panels to gather information about climate adaptation policies across communities and nations. In science news this week, TechCrunch reports, Earth is heading towards its second warmest year in history. And the highest record, it was set three years ago. This is data presented by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. All five of the highest temperature years were in the past five years. Coming up, our main story. It's almost Thanksgiving time in the U.S., Have you ever wondered how that can impact the climate, the environment, and our planet overall? Okay, cool. So we're talking about the the U.S. holiday of Thanksgiving. Um, I guess Canada celebrates as well, but we're talking about it now because um, it's being celebrated in the U.S. uh, coming up next Thursday on the 28th. We are currently in London at the moment, (laughs) just in terms of... uh, background, but we're both from the States. Um, some interesting topics around this, you know, when I first started doing a little bit of research, um, kind of the, the headline came up around, okay, yes, there are impacts on food, but uh, did you think about travel, right? And so one big data point is that this is the 
kind of the highest concentration of travel of, of flights specifically uh, for the US. And so we have a couple of data points on that. But how about you, John, in terms of personal experience? Did you do much traveling? Yeah, um, every Thanksgiving, I would travel from Washington, D.C., where I'm from, to Indiana uh, for the past several years before I moved to London. Now, granted, that was mostly driving, mm-hmm. but we're talking about 12 hours of driving. So, yeah. the, And what kind of flight is that, typically? Uh, that would be about a three-hour flight, Okay. Um, I think. That seems um, about average. I, I was looking at some numbers around like two to three hours, basically. Yeah. yeah. Looking at. And that's... Interesting for uh, kind of like a European uh, friends to think about, right? Because yeah. you do a two, three hour flight and you're in super far. You're like country. in Russia at that point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so far away. It's like exactly. Greece or Turkey even. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a long distance, very average in the U.S. Um, and each time a travel um, like that takes place, think about the toll that it takes where it's just the airplane is constantly emitting, emitting carbon in the air for that entire yeah. length of time. We'll have some numbers. You want to hear them? Yeah, let's hear them. What do you have? <laughs> so, okay, so this is based off of um, Airlines uh, for America group. This is their 2019 forecast for U.S. travel. So what they, they group it into is the travel dates from uh, Friday, Friday, November 22nd through to Tuesday, December 3rd, which is uh, the following week after that Thanksgiving weekend, essentially when, when people go home to see families, right? Um, they're estimating... 31.6 million passengers during oh this time. That's a 4% increase from last year. And the busiest day is going to be that Sunday after Thanksgiving weekend, which is going to be have about 3.1 million passengers. All right, so let's put this in perspective, like you said, in terms of the carbon emissions. Um, so what happens during this time, there's so much demand for additional flights that U.S. airlines will add 859 flights per day. To meet this demand, so that's that's the addition to their typical routes. Um, and if we, like we talked about, if you take a flight, um, like an average flight of like maybe even two hours, which is less than yours, you were saying was around closer to three, from like New York to Columbus, this flight uh, emits about sixty three tons of CO two. But what does that equate to? This is the uh, equivalent of. 12 passenger vehicles driven for an entire year. Wow. So that's, that's why these flights have so much an impact. And so if you take that even further, that's only for that one flight, right? So we're talking 859 additional. So that gets you to um, about closer to 10,000 passenger vehicles driven for one year based on that additional demand uh, for Thanksgiving flights. And is that just one way? And then there's a return. So you double that. That is for return flight. That's Sorry. what, okay. Yeah, you're right. Wow, still, that's massive. And, I mean, obviously, we're not going to talk about let's not celebrate Thanksgiving. It's, it's, a, it's a proper <laughs> holiday in the U.S., you know, get together with friends and family. Exactly. Um, and it's something that should be enjoyed. But it's, it's important to, to know the context of all of this uh, in, in light of the climate crisis that we're in, right? Um, I also want to point out the obvious that uh, this is the beginning of the travel season sort of in the winter time and also Christmas shopping and therefore Christmas travel as well. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about in the course of about a month where, you know, presumably this travel actually does, you know, in terms of emissions is double because it will probably happen again around the Christmas time, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Um, so this is, a, there's a significant impact to the climate environment uh, as a result of the travel because of Thanksgiving. 
um, what else have you got there? Because uh, I so yeah, so those are kind of the main facts I had around travel. Um, but there are some other things in terms of uh, of food as well, obviously, um, and one of them is kind of a uh, I guess it's it's equated with travel is to the the idea of buying locally, mm-hmm. right? So uh, when you're purchasing your your food for for the celebration. Obviously, if you buy locally, there's going to be less emissions from all of that food um, traveling or being shipped. Um, and then also, uh, the good news is um, that some of the the vegetables that are, are in season and popular for this time, being kind of the squashes and the pumpkins, uh, are actually some of the lowest emitters oh, compared to other vegetables. Delicious, even. too. So, exactly. So, <laughs> so, it's pretty interesting, I guess. So, pumpkins create 0.1%. A pound of CO2 per pound, uh, whereas uh, higher offenders of the vegetable family, obviously not as much as something like a turkey, would be um, asparagus at uh, 7.3 CO. uh, What's this? uh, Pounds per pound of 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 asparagus. Yeah, and. I mean, we, we talked about travel already, and obviously that's a big element of it. I think naturally people, when they think about climate change uh, and Thanksgiving in particular, the people probably would have thought we'd go right into diet. Um, and I think we should talk about diet. Uh, and, and you started to talk about that a, a bit here, but not, not so much diet. Um, overall, I think we should probably dedicate an, an episode to it in the future mm-hmm. between the different diet options and um, eating lifestyles and impact to climate. But for Thanksgiving in particular, some of the things that you've listed out there, um, you know, the celery and, and um, the, the squash and pumpkin, those are pretty common things for Thanksgiving family Asparagus, meal. Yeah. Asparagus as well. Um, but turkey obviously is sort of the, the main feature, mm-hmm. right? Um, and turkey, um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but... Uh, you know the these these targets are massive, and yeah. I, you know I don't know if, if these getting are, bigger every year, right? Yeah, right. So some of the you know the the energy um, that would go into um, growing a turkey and then get slaughtered and put onto the uh, dinner table, and versus the amount of calories that come from it, I think that uh, the the balance the, the ratio between um, uh, environment impact and, and calories that come from it is very is very um there's a high contrast uh, I, I yeah. think you get minimal calories despite the fact that there's so much emissions that go into the process of growing or raising a turkey and yeah. slaughtering it's it. much more it's much less uh, efficient isn't it yeah than just going with vegetable plant-based yeah, yeah. and then you know we, we can we can probably go into this in the ep- future episode again but um sort of the that's the impact to climate, but um, there's also impact to health that it can be easily debated. Um, you know, the health benefits or the nutrients that outweigh, um, you know, between vegetables like pumpkin and squash, which is, are the side meals or the side attractions, and then mm-hmm. the main attraction being the turkey, which presumably, well, I think from my experience, is a lot less healthy, uh, but there's a lot more of it that goes around. That's the main feature. There's a lot more carbon um, impact because of, of, of Turkey. Um, but you know, it, it kind of, um, brings a discussion around, um, you know, my, and my mind, when I transitioned to a plant-based diet, I'm getting a little bit personal here, but, um, the 
easiest way that I did it was I started to make those Sai vegetables and Sai features my main. Mm -hmm. So if I were to have a Thanksgiving meal here in London with my with my American friends, I, w I would probably feature the, mm -hmm. you know, the asparagus and then make the turkey the Sai. Yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, just because of um, you know being conscious of the environment. Um, but um, anyway, that's sort of sort of my view of it, I guess. Yeah. That's really cool. Should we do some traffic lights then? Yeah. You want to go first? Sure. Okay. So for red, what I have is it's extremely hard to visualize emissions, right? So I was putting, to the, putting these numbers together um, and we had the starting emissions of, of the flights, but it's, how do you, how do you quantify that, right? It's super difficult to get this visualization and that's why um, you can start doing things like bringing it down to vehicles which is helpful, but there are also have been um, ways of doing it where there's been art ins installations where they kind of like they blow up these huge balloons and show like what how big like one ton of, of oh. gas would be. Um, so those are really cool, uh, and I think you know we should definitely try to promote those more. Uh, yellow for me is local foods, and why is it yellow? Is because I don't think it really gets the coverage it deserves. To be honest, um, if we talk, we always, you know, we will talk about, and we talked about in the past more about supply chain and how it, it affects the climate a ton. It's typically just based off of emissions, but yeah, just being able to, to get local goods reduces this uh, impact from supply chains a ton. So just a good one to watch out for. And then green for me, um, um, basically just, I actually literally just had a, heard a side conversation uh, these uh, these group of people that were that were eating lunch and basically just talking about how they're reducing their diet to more of a plant-based diet. Uh, the one guy was advocating it, um, starting as a kind of a pescatarian at the moment. He's only eating fish, hmm. um, and was just kind of just talking about it to another individual. And also, um, you know, going I think going about it in a great way. I mean. The people that were talking to him about it were just kind of interested in learning more. I don't think he's really trying to push it or anything. Yeah. Uh, so it was, a, yeah. it was a great conversation over here. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, I have um, I have a similar green which I'll share with you, but I'll start with the red like you did. Mm -hmm. um, my red is in my experience living in Europe now or in in the UK and traveling all around Europe versus the US. Um, the travel options like you know getting from place to place by train and bus mm -hmm. and public transport. Um, it's so much more um, available across Europe. Um, and that does take away, the, you know, it, it gives you options instead of flying. In the US, I feel like to get from one part to an, one part of the country to another for things like Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. you, a lot of people don't have many options. You know, there's not a train system that connects no, to, you know, without taking like 14 hours or more. Um, so, People have to resort to flying, and I think that that you know that automatically because of the elimination of options and flying is probably one of the worst. It actually it is the worst means of um, uh, traveling in terms of carbon yeah, emissions. Uh, so that to me is a red. I don't know how we're gonna get get by that. Maybe um, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on where people want to go. Yeah, maybe some improved fuels or increased train traffic. Right? Or an electric plane. Yeah, that's, I guess I would call that a, a additional, a, an increased fuel. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think in terms of airlines and planes, I think we're 
at least a decade away from commercial electric airplanes. Yeah. Um, but uh, for now, that is a red. For me, yellow is um, loads of turkey and meat alternatives out in the market. Um, Beyond Meat, I think, makes a impossible, I'm um, sorry, uh, make a sausage-based um, product now and, and mm. impossible burger, same type of thing. Um, I'm pretty sure there's turkey stuff out there. I think there's tofurkey and there's some other right. uh, variations. Yes, I think that that really does um, cut down on carbon emissions, but I, I'm always cautious in this environment because to me, a lot of those things are created to convert the unconverted uh, in terms of going plant-based and there, there's, it's not that healthy. It's not as, it's more mm. healthy, I think, or mm. maybe that's even debatable, but it's not, it's not always healthy and it's not, it's still not always the best for the environment because of the resources that go into making those type of products. Mm. Um, so I want to call that a yellow because um, these alternative meats that some people may start to incorporate into the Thanksgiving meal uh, may also have a fair amount of impact to the climate and to their health as well. Mm. Uh, and to me, health and climate is, is, is sort of interrelated. I've, I've always believed that you have two homes, sort of your your body and the world, and, and you can't really have one without the other. That makes sense. Um, for me, my green uh, is actually, yeah, you, right before we started recording, you told me about this conversation you overheard. Um, presumably, they're either millennials or Gen Z and I feel like every yeah. week every week we, we, we just shine a light about how great Gen Z is or we hope them to be um, I don't think they were Gen Z though so that's good that's Gen Z is 18 hope. right so, so they're probably they're probably uh, older than 18 uh, 19 almost 20 yeah. now right 2000 they could but, yeah we work yeah yeah but at the same time they uh, they are definitely yeah uh, more of a, the trendier type right it's obviously yeah. a bubble that we're in yeah but we're just hoping that it will continue to spread, right? Yeah, and that's agreeing to me because, um, you know, you think about, I, I think it's something like 40% of the people um, that we work with are millennials now. So it's not even a minority. Oh, it's, it's about to not be a, a minority, right? So the majority of people out there are going to be, you know, in the category, um, in a um, where where they value um, this is more generically speaking, but value you know so, uh, climate um, awareness mm-hmm. and responsible you know decisions around you know things that will impact the climate. So um, I think that as this generation matures and the, the next one being Gen Z you know comes of age, I think we're going to have more of the world's population being you know more conscious of um, flying and and eating well so that the environment and the climate is protected mm-hmm. um, so that's promising yeah. um, for the third week in a row I think one or both of us have basically <laughs> said Gen Z is, is here to save the world yeah. <laughs> uh, even though we're not Gen Z people ourselves but yeah. um, a some work for hope cool um, very good uh, well wanted to say happy Thanksgiving Ralph yeah happy Thanksgiving are you doing anything for Thanksgiving I, this year I am going to look into it now um, <laughs> now you're I, thinking about making I, a yeah, plant based yeah. uh, I'm going to make a giant fake turkey um, yeah. just but, sculpted out of asparagus with legs <laughs> and, sculpted uh, out of pumpkin as well yeah yeah exactly yeah. you can make the pumpkin with <laughs> the body that would be sick actually that would really your cool. photo um, great but no and ha- happy Thanksgiving to you and all of our listeners in the states and around the world hopefully
Maybe yeah. we have listeners around the world, don't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. All right, Cheers. guys. And that's this week's Your Planet News Briefing. I'm Ralph Fortune. I'm John Chu. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.